Humans is your new podcast. Listen to how humans face daily challenges from sport to business, from family to social. Tools of the humans. I am TC and I'll be your host. In today's episode, I will interview one of my athletes. Uh, I've been coaching him since uh, October 2020. So we've been together for uh, almost uh, three years. And uh, we went through phases of uh, excitement, phases of uh, success, phases of uh, uh, big challenges, uh, especially last year. We welcome to the show John T. Summers. John T. is an athlete, businessman, father, and of course, husband. Okay, welcome to the show, John team. This meetup has been uh, boiling for quite a while. Finally, we are here. How are you? Did you train today? I'm good. I did train I today. You, I, I think you should, I know you you should know that. You're my coach. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I feel if you've not been staring at my training peaks, I'd feel like that forgotten middle child where you go to sports day and your parents kind of aren't there to support you. Yeah, I did train today. I did a, I did a, I did a, I did 50 minutes of spinning out on the bike and then I swam. 2000 meters so all good, good. the training's good. been done it's all there yeah yeah i get notification from your training so i know <laughs> the john is an expert communicator he is the managing director of an over middle east he has been hosting a really nice podcast very very sharp and uh, pretty the brief from uh, Middle East Public Relations Association, where he was chairman for a while, and now he's in the bo- with the board. John is an athlete, is a father, and an husband. So you know that with this podcast, Tools of the Humans, we want to hear from, uh, from people how they face challenges in life and which tools, strategies, and tactics they use to overcome them. First of all, Tell us in a hundred words, probably it's a couple of sentences, who is John T? Well, Tommaso, thanks. I think you do my PR for me better than I do, but I do run mm-hmm. a public relations firm here. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, been in the, I've been in the Middle East for nearly 14 years now. Uh, you know, uh, if, you, if you wind back to the start, I was, I was always an athlete as a kid. I played tennis very seriously until I was about 22, 23, not quite to professional level, but... Uh, it kind of my uh, my spark for for activity was uh, was uh, was formed in the cradle and and carried on uh, has carried on. I started training uh, with BR, uh, 
um, in uh, 2020, uh, just more as a, uh, as a kind of consequence of lockdown where I just thought I've been jogging for a while. I want something new to try. So I'm two years into training as a triathlete. Yes, I know very well. And I've been with your, co your coach for since the beginning of your, uh, let's say, new journey into triathlon, right? You've been racing already in the past. And uh, yeah. Jonty has also a great background as a runner. So that's that's probably your your strength in the three disciplines in, when we're talking about triathlon. Let's go to the core of the episode now, okay? Uh, in the last few years, we've been chatting and talking about uh, getting into the, the big challenge of triathlon. So Ironman, the full distance. So for those who don't know what it is, it's like 3.9 kilometer swim, right away kilom another 80 kilometers bike, and then a marathon, 42 kilometers run right away to complete it and, uh, and in a reasonable manner of time, let's say. So this is one of those uh, life-changing experiences that... Uh, most of the athletes, when, when they're approaching the, the idea of Ironman, they need to put many things in, uh, in place. They need to find balance, family, life, work, uh, in order to get the performance that they want to achieve on race day. So with John T, we decided, okay, we're going to commit for Hamburg. I'm saying we, because, you know, as a coach, we have to, to look at many variables and we designed a plan. And, and John T was sticking to it like very good soldier. Okay, but just one month before the race last year, what happened? It's it's weird we start with a, like straight into Ironman, isn't it? Because most people like they start by doing a couch to 5k. But here we are straight into Ironman, which just feels like totally normal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were doing um, we were. Yeah, we were five weeks out from it was Frankfurt, actually. Hamburg's this right. year. Right. More on that later. But yes, uh, we uh, we were five weeks out. I think we were on a 17-hour training week. I think it was the biggest week we'd done. Um, and I was just in the, the final run of that weekend. I think we'd, uh, we'd done quite a lot of training. I think I was about, I must have been about just about an hour into the run. It was uh, late May, last weekend of May. It's pretty hot running down Beach Road. And as I was running down Beach Road, not very fast, it must be said, like by... 35 40 pace you know very easy because i had two hours 30 minutes or two hours 40 minutes to do from memory uh a kid uh ran out of a car across the uh the jogging track and ran into a ran into a burger shop on the side and i moved out of the way to try and dodge the kid and ended up like literally feeling like like my my leg go out at this weird angle and this really bad shooting pain and basically just like collapsed on the floor like footballers do uh except footballers normally get up after about 20 seconds and i was there for 20 minutes going ah ah my leg really, you were not really, faking really. it you were not faking it <laughs> i wasn't faking it and it was uh, and we at that moment i knew i was not going to be doing an iron man in five weeks I was like, there is no way I could be feeling this pain now. I mean, I, it's still a good party trick just to make the, the writhing around in pain when you snap your hamstring tendon. Uh, it's uh, so, yeah, so I, yeah, off, off we went, x-rays, MRIs. So I, what happened was that I basically completely snapped uh, my, my hamstring tendon where it inserts in the outside of my knee. So most people, sprinters, for example, snap their tendon right up at the buttock at the top of the gluteals 
Uh, and I was right down the bottom, which is more of the kind of endurance athletes way of doing it. It's a really unusual place to snap it. In fact, when I started, uh, when I started physio a few weeks later, um, the physio said he'd only seen two in 17 years. One guy was like an Olympic lifter and the other guy was a footballer. So it's not, it's not a very usual place to snap your, your tendons. So just very common, very uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. Very I mean, uncommon. Especially for athletes, probably uh, not even probable. Right. I mean, we, our way of moving is always forward. So probably the movement change of uh, direction there is the one that, well, the, uh, the yeah, exactly. And it's really weird. And I've never done a, I've never had a, like a major surgery before. So I've never had to do a proper rehab. Unlike some of our, our training colleagues, some of them have had hundreds of injuries and surgeries and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but it's interesting when you get into surgery rehab world, the, the kind of weird stuff that goes on to people like literally one guy was telling me about a, a, a guy who'd been was playing golf and he putted a ball into golf and he put the ball in the hole and he picked up the ball out of the hole. He turned away and he snapped his cruciate ligament like literally all he did was pick a golf ball out of a hole. So it can happen to any, anybody at any time. You know, there's no, it's not, it's just fake. No, as, as, a, as a coach, uh, as soon as one of the athletes in, injures himself, you know, you start feeling guilty. Oh my God, what did I prescribe? You know, it was something crazy, but then we, we spoke about it. And the, and the funny thing that you said, you know, I never had a major surgery or I never had a major problem, you know, like, you know, sport and muscles and stuff like mm. this. And all of a sudden, you're finding an obstacle in front of you, which is not at the horizon. You know, those one we already talked about it. We made a list of things that we couldn't control. But this one here is just now immediate. You need, you need to forget about racing. You need to forget about training. And you feel the pain. So now in your, in your mind, what's the process? Well, is it so... I'll be, I'll be totally honest. There was a, there was a moment where I was like, thank God, I don't have to train for a couple of weeks. Oh because we've been, we done, we done some massive weeks, right? We've done a couple of 15 I, hour weeks. And 17 I'm going to cut this. Week. I'm going to cut this. From the <laughs> Definitely not. But uh, I was, there was like, Oh, it'd be quite nice. I could lie in, in the morning. That'd be amazing. But uh, so, but I knew, I knew pretty quickly that uh, I, I knew pretty quickly I would come back partially. So I, I mean, it took me, I think since the in, from the injury, uh, I, I flew to the UK to watch my football team get promoted to the premiership, which was quite good. And then I flew back immediately in the next day. I, I did the surgery in the Valiant Clinic here in Dubai. Really, really great surgeon, Dr. Harris, brilliant guy, neat guy. And I knew from the start uh, that actually it was not a complex surgery. It was just a tendon. So all, all that had to happen was that he had to, he had basically, you know, drilled a hole in my tibia, like put a pin into it, stuck the, the stuck the tendon in with like sticky tape and tensioned it off like the, a guy rope on a tent. So it's a very simple surgery. It's not like you've got a cruciate or meniscus or anything that you've got to go inside the knee. So I knew it was simple and I knew that wouldn't be too difficult to come back from good um, what I didn't know, never having done it before is, you know, when you look at traditional treatments, it always is like you immobilize your knee forever. And then, you know, eventually you come back and I was like, I, you know, 
I just, yeah, I, I don't really want to do that. But I was, I was very fortunate that literally a week after surgery. So I spent my first week after surgery hopping around in a brace. I'd got some cool crutches with skulls on that I bought on my London trip. So I was feeling like, I was feeling like the money walking around, hobbling around, but it was, it was obviously painful as it would be. Uh, and I, and I'd stopped taking the painkillers because, you know, when you leave hospital in this place, they give you like more drugs like i don't know what the street value of those drugs is but those things are you know they they're i'm not very good at taking like painkillers because a lot of them a lot of them do kind of like make you slur your words and stuff it's not it's not great so pretty much on day two out of hospital i'd stop taking the painkillers um you know and and the, the and the and the kind of really strong ones i didn't take ever so i was just taking like a strong paracetamol stuff um so the first yeah, yeah so I was just going to say so that the, the physio literally the first week so literally six days after surgery I was into the physio and he's like let's take the brace off let's see if you know, let's see if you can walk and I was like that's great and so I took I took the brace off and we walked around and it was like oh this is and it's always like you need to be given permission to move your leg but actually you know once I'd done it and walked around and there's some Instagram footage of it it was it was quite painful but you get your body picks it up pretty quickly so I'd never wore the brace after that so I was just like straight, straight, straight back into walking, not normally, but, you know, definitely learning how to walk again, learning how to go upstairs, learning how to, learning how to, and I, I, I still use the crutches for maybe another week or so after that. And then was just walking very slowly, getting used to walking. Um, and then pretty quickly he got me on the bike. I was doing the strengthening exercises, um, and I bought a, I bought an aqua jogger, you know, one of those like 80s aerobics vests. I went down to Sported on Beach Road and got one of those. But actually, that's brilliant because it suddenly means that you can like float around in the water. And I'm fortunate to live in Umsakim, so I can go to the sea. And I was doing like 30 minutes of like floating around vertically, uh, you know, moving my legs. So that was that was really good. Um, and you're, it, it you're was giving, obvious. You're yeah. giving a lot of credit. You're giving a lot of credit to the physiotherapy and to, you know, all these tools uh, that you know you bought and th this kind of training that was effectively mm. not related to preparing a game for an Ironman or for a for a triathlon race. You know, it was just a process, a, a period that you yeah. had to to go through. And, and yeah, the, uh, the rehab was pretty important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, important. like. And what's what's the mentality there? I mean, I remember because I've saved all, all our chats since you got, you got the injury. I have it mm. on, on my WhatsApp, so I went through. And at the beginning, as you said, you know, you could take it a little bit, you know, in a humoristic way, say, you know what, I don't have to train for a while. But then after one week, you're there, like, okay, uh, we need to start doing something. So yeah. you you are you have spiked adrenaline and uh, dopamine and endorphin and everything for like the last six months, like massively. I mean, the volume, as you said, was high. And all of a sudden, also from a point of view, you're going down completely. How was the tool that you used to find again uh, motivation? Because some people say, okay, motivation, you must be motivated, but sometimes you're not. So you need to feed in some way your purpose and your motivation daily. At the point you are, you know, in the ditch, you need to start over again. What was your your reasoning, or what was your, you know, something that you have been learning with the with the years of training or with your life or just luck, maybe? So, so I was pretty fortunate that that summer. I mean, I got operated on in June, 
um, and had three weeks of kind of milling around in in the UAE, kind of like doing the stuff. And then at the end of at the end of June, I went back to the UK, uh, where both my children were graduating from university, and, and I actually spent nearly five weeks in the UK, which is the longest I'd spent in the UK, uh, where I'm from, uh, for fourteen years. And so I actually had a whole summer in the UK. And while it wasn't what, and I had there, I had access to swimming pools. I didn't have access to rehab stuff, but it was going to be too soon to do, like do running. And actually the regeneration that just spending time with friends and family was, was actually really powerful. I knew in, I knew in my mind that I was going to come back. It was just that I, I that having that kind of like decompression to get ready. I was very fortunate to go and, you know, spend a few times swimming in some quite nice swimming pools. But when I was in the UK, um, and that that was pretty helpful. Um, I think that I think that I always had it in. I always had the plan in my mind when I returned to Dubai five weeks later to start the rehab proper, and I'd already identified the physio and the setup where I wanted to do that, which was F Pepsi in Sports Dubai Sports City, which is great, a really great gym, and uh, Joao Ateche, our head coach, had had recommended a, a really great physio there, Hayden Hill, who who was who's been fundamental in in the kind of rehab in the last in the last four or five months you know great great south african guy ex-rugby player spent time um physioing the indian uh wrestling team which apparently gives you all the wow. medical background you need and then prior to coming to dubai spent uh spent some time with the chinese olympic speed skating team which apparently is an wow. incredible setup. So, wow. he's, you know, he's got pro- proper creds, great and a really great work. But one of the reasons I wanted to do F-Pepsia is because it has, it has a, an anti-gravity treadmill there. So one of those, one of those treadmills where you, you kind of get into some shorts and they, and they can kind of like control your body weight. It's a, there aren't too many of them to buy, but there's one there. Um, and, and I knew that would be really important for getting back into, into running. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I still use that that facility now. No, it's eight months later, um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really good. You know, they've got a good, they've got a good setup. Weirdly, not many people use that gym because it's incredible. So, but yeah, so that's so the, the, having an idea of where the future plan was going to be was quite helpful because, you know, when you speak to when you speak to surgeons, they'll tell you it's going to take five to six five months till back to full sport so i was like okay june so we're looking at november fine but actually within that once you start properly rehabbing you know you can actually do a lot from three months afterwards i mean probably if i'd still been in dubai i would i would have been using some of the gym i would have been ski erging a lot more i'd have been using my upper body a lot more um but i was traveling it didn't matter um and so, so I was like, we'll just let the process run out. And then I know what the plan is. Once I get back to Dubai, I'm going to hit the ground, not running. Cause that's, cause I couldn't run at that point, but uh, I'll definitely yeah. be back. And, and I can see, I can see what the route ahead is going to look like. It's fair to say that uh, planning in, uh, in front of challenges, in front of obstacles uh, helps a lot to overcome them. Now, obviously you need to make the right choices. I think one of the, the right choices you made, and this is a message for all the sport people and uh, listeners, was talking to me 
you know, even if you are out of the training plan, let's say, because I wasn't planning anything for you, but we were always chatting about this. So I was keeping your, your momentum alive. It was keeping your, your, your purpose alive. And, and it was a way to feed it. You know, it was a way to, okay, we're going to have a plan as soon as you come back, as soon as we get the green light for everything. It was step by step. So uh, it doesn't have to be a fairly long horizon that people must must uh, have in their plan to overcome the obstacles. I think it's, okay, there is a plan to get there. Okay, let it do to the expert. And then, you know, step by step, go through uh, the, the phases and go through the training and go through the process. And, uh, you know, uh, you get you get there. Get there. Because some people, you know, they try to visual, visualize, you know, visualize vivid images. And they are visualizing too far away at the point, if you don't get there, because you made the right choices, but if you made the wrong choices, let's say you go to the wrong physiotherapy, uh, the physiotherapist, now they, you know, you start having pains and stuff. Now you're visualizing a target that you cannot reach, depression will come. Like depression in sense of, you know, not achieving the, the performance that you want, you know? So it's, it's a mix of, um, of, of things, but, but the tool is have a plan, okay? Don't, don't wait and see, yeah, day by day, but don't wait and see day by day without, you know, purpose, without motivation. So good on you, really. And I mean, it's something that, uh, you know, the, stru- the way you structure uh, things. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, I, yeah, I, I think communication is obviously really important, but we're very fortunate here that we have a, we have a sort of, there's a, there's a team set up. So obviously you and I, you know, have worked together for now two and a half years. So obviously we talk, uh, I guess you talk to some of your athletes a lot more than you talk to me. I think I'm pretty low maintenance, really. But uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a, there, you know there's a group. There's you know there's other coaches in in the group who have you know have good yeah, advice sure. to give. There's also there's also a team set up where you know there are there are people who you know will support you and give you advice and you know have got your back when needed. And I think you know we we've had in, within the world of triathlon there've been a, there've been a couple of other, you know there've been quite a few quite public like pros like Lucy Charles Barclay had a massive injury at the start yep. of the year she you know she had a fracture and was documenting that comeback on 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 her YouTube channel you know and I I found stuff like that massively motivating as well where you know you think you know you can come back just because it looks bad now doesn't mean it's going to look bad it's like a you know it's like a race right it looks bad. It might look bad now, but it's not going to look bad in half an hour's time. So I think that that's that's pretty that's also pretty important. Attitude, attitude makes attitude, attitude most of the difference. Yes. You just have to you just have to believe that you will come back. And and the reality is, for me, I was very fortunate. I remember I remember having a chat with Alessio Rispoli, who's obviously one of our pro coaches at, at BR, uh, and he said, "Jonty, I don't know whether you've been lucky or unlucky." And I was like, "Of course, I've been lucky." I've been really lucky, obviously, because I'm quite optimistic. But, you know, all I did was like snap a tendon. It could have been much worse, right? Could have been yeah, much worse. Yeah. You know, it's easy, easy to deal with that. You can come back from that. So attitude makes a big difference. Of course, the, the you know, the line of progress is not always straight and linear. But uh, but I think if you if you've got a if you've got the attitude that, you know, whatever happens, you know, you'll be able to get through it. And, you know, the reality is that. You know, I'm 51 years old, so life is a long-term game. You know, it's a, you know, my life is an Ironman, not a sprint, right? 
So yeah. I, I know that I know that uh, the journey, the journey, the journey is, uh, is never ending. <laughs> well, journey is also that is an important part. And I've always been someone who's been motivated by training as much as I mean, I love racing, absolutely love racing. But the reality is my my I'm not I'm not as goal focused as like immediate goal focused as some people. I love I love the I love the feeling of training. I love you know, I'm happy getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go for a run. Not that I do. I try to sleep in as much as possible, particularly because I don't have small children anymore. Um, but I, I, I love that process of just getting fit and living healthily. And, you know, I'm never I'm never happier than when, you know, going for a ride, going for a run. And and since I discovered triathlon, going for a swim as well, which has been a whole new voyage of adventure for me. Um so, so, so that is, that's also extremely motivating and you never want to give that up. And it's, it's interesting having done a race last weekend, you know, the guy who won the, the over the 70 to 74 category was, uh, was only like a few minutes slower than I was. So, so there's always stuff to aim for. We right? get that. We get that. No worries. We get that. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of races, I mean, like a few weekends back, you know, it was your return mm. to race. With an Olympic distance yeah. triathlon in uh, in Rasalcano, yeah. where you won your age group with uh, with a you know outstanding performance, you know back at it and uh, uh, everything went quite well, you know testing few things, you know it was like literally one year that you were not racing and you know you you were testing uh, your body in in a racing environment that we, that we know it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's different from training, you know <laughs> you, you cannot give away anything. But then True. last weekend, as you said, you raced uh, Oman Alpha Ironman. And even we were not talking about it, but we knew that you know, we had some expectations of a rewarding result. I mean, we wanted to get uh, the, the slot for the World Championship. We want to get a good race and everything. And uh, did you have any fear going to race in Oman, going into that race? Because it, it was not an Olympic distance. Olympic distance, you know very well. You know, worst case scenario, three hours you're out. Uh, half Ironman can be longer. It's a new environment. It's a it's a longer race. You have a half marathon at the end, which was the, effectively the first the first time that we were assessing that one after the you know the full recovery and back to racing. Any fear? <laughs> so there there hadn't been any fear, but but interestingly, um, I I'd had a few niggles in my hamstring. Uh, the, the hamstring I'd injured um, just after we'd done rack and rack I'd you know rack I'd done fine but I'd run actually very slowly for me I'd run like you know quite like 10% or 15% slower than the last time I'd done that race um, and I'm still not back to full speed running definitely um, and then I'd had a I'd had a couple we'd had you'd, we'd put in a couple of, we'd had a couple of long runs in the weekends in the between that where you know my hamstring had tightened up and I think the, real, the reality is that I think what has happened is that I hadn't done some of the strength work over the over the Christmas period. I think holidays are quite a difficult time for triathletes generally. I think sometimes you skip your gym and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, my 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 tendons, you know, are, are probably not are just not as strong as they used to be. And my muscles are definitely still not quite where they used to be. And so we've had a couple of like we've had a couple of, uh, you know, not not optimal runs i've been to see the physio he'd like needled me and worked out all the stiffness and so i was i was sort of hopeful for oman i actually felt i had a physio session about three days before and i thought this is going to be fine 
And then I got off the, I had a great swim in Oman, third in the age group. I had a nice run, even though my power meter, did, uh, a nice bike, even though my power meter didn't work. And then literally within 50 meters of leaving T2, my whole left hamstring like cramped up and like a hundred meters into the, like the run, I was like lying on my back with my, with my leg over my, like trying to work out the stiffness in my, uh, in my, uh, in my leg. So I, which I'd sort of, I hadn't really expected. And it was like, that was absolutely a worst case scenario, because as you say, my goal was pretty clear from doing this race. I wanted to get a world championships loss in August in Lati. Um, and, uh, and, and there were a few moments where I thought, you know, there's a chance this might ha not happen, but, uh, you know, but I know, I also knew that, you know, lots of people have terrible runs and I've done a great swim and a decent enough bike. And I thought if I could just make it through, you never know. So that's, that's basically, uh, that's basically what I had to do. I had, to, I had the, the stiffness and cramp, whatever you call it, took me about an hour to get rid of. Um, and I basically had to find a way to try and run without using any muscles. It's very hard to run because obviously running is all posterior chain. It's very hard to run without like using your hamstrings at all but i basically tried to had this imagery of trying to run on my skeleton just like stack everything head over shoulders over hips and then just not use any muscles and just be totally balanced and like do that and and it's sort of you know and eventually weirdly after about i think i've been going for about 65 minutes it's suddenly just like got a bit easier and i, I tagged onto another runner and then started running a bit faster and, and made it in, in actually probably my, yeah, definitely my slowest ever half marathon time, but, um, but it was, it was good enough for a qualification. Had, had I run got the probably, yeah, probably had I run what I ran in my previous half marathon in a, in a 70.3, I would have come second or third, but you know, you know, I was a bit further. Well, I mean, like, but, yeah, with if, with if we cannot go very far, you know, <laughs> but the yeah, exactly. You, you didn't do the exercise, you know, the stoic exercise of negative visualization, which is not that easy, you know, like right away thinking about things that are going to go wrong. Yeah, definitely this one can happen. And now no, you didn't do it. So the expectation there um, was not to have any issues, you know, like, yeah, it's going to be a slow run, but uh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to go through. So as soon as you get the obstacle there, how do you do, do you? Yeah, how do you overcome that one? Yeah, it's a good, it's, I mean, triathlon is a good, particularly when you get onto longer distance triathlons, they're good life lessons. You can't really, you can't really uh, expect that everything will go smoothly. You have to, you have to accept what is coming to you. And sometimes that may be great and, but often it'll be pain and, you know, discomfort. And, and you just have to learn to not attach any value judgments to that and just go, well, this is where I am now and I, I'm going to get through that. I think, uh, you know, plan is one tool that you're using, uh, you know, having the motivation, having the plan, having something that you are targeting, but also having a set of tools, like you said, you know, life, you know, triathlon race. So you go through phases, so you need to get not, not just one tool, but, you know, your tool bags where, where you effectively you pick up, you know, in front of pain, what do you do? Okay, in front of, you know, I cannot walk. And then you align the tricycle head and diaphragm and the hips and everything. So these are things that you knew and, you know, it gives up uh, really um, a 
good advice for people, you know, be competent on what you're doing. Because uh, like Patterson says, if you're competent, you are dangerous. No? So <laughs> you're dangerous, not because you're going to kill somebody, but because you're going to go, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to execute the order. I'm going to do my activity. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to achieve. I'm going to, you know, finally uh, get the result. So, you know, competency and knowledge of what you're doing is another tool that uh, sometimes we forget. You know, we were just in this flow of globalization and uh, seeing other people doing things. And, yeah, I've heard, you know, like the rumors, the word of mouth. No, read about it, okay? Just grab what happened to you a few years back and, you know, put it into practice and, uh, yeah, set of tools, not, not only one tool that you, you know, just carry with you. I think the thing with with uh, with with when you're in a in a triathlon race or whatever race you're doing or some sort of endeavor that's a long distance endurance race, your your field of vision is actually pretty narrow. You know, you're yeah. you're actually you're actually really only focused. I mean, sometimes you don't even notice people on the sides who are cheering and screaming your name because actually your your field of Not your true. field there of focus is so small. Of, there are some pictures of you cheering at the crowd <laughs> sponsoring some beverages that <laughs> i know no, but red I, bull I know, I know so the amount i'm serving like literally the largest glass i'd never i'd never <laughs> drunk a red bull before i started doing triathlon and now it's like my guilty pleasure it's like they give me a pint of red bull halfway around i'm like this is amazing amazing let's do it <laughs> but no. but, the, but the but the point i was gonna i was gonna make is that actually understanding how your body is and and how and knowing what that can do and what you are able to do and sometimes you can override stuff even though you're feeling really bad uh in in a race or uh you know in training i mean you know trainings trainings never feels that bad i mean it feels quite hard but it's always going to be you know training training will always will always end at some point and if you stop it early nobody's going to tell you uh that uh that they saw you most of the time but uh, you know a race is a race is difficult to pull out of and and sometimes i think you know when you're in a race you know and you've got a point of focus and you know what your body can do or or how it can feel the better you know your body the more you're able to overcome some of those difficulties when they come uh and and a, the race particularly the long distance races are going to sometimes present you obstacles that you've not had to overcome before but i think getting to know your body before during training can be really can be really 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 useful when stuff yeah. goes wrong because stuff always goes wrong at some point stuff will go wrong so well, yeah. just you need to ride with it and get over yeah. it <laughs> and, 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 no as coaches we we talk about this body awareness so many times you know body awareness mm. body awareness because when you start you don't have any i mean like you are uh just you know immersed in the in the in the fluid or immersed in the air and uh you don't know what how the body is going to behave so uh, having this expertise to know what what the body would uh, would behave what the body would feel and uh do you think that uh, i was reading the scientific article the other day about repressive coping do you think this is a valid uh, technique that you used during uh, your repressive uh, coping what what is that that sounds like an academic thing <laughs> Yeah, I so don't it's do an feelings. Academic. I there don't are, do there academics. Are, so <laughs> there are there are there are different uh, po different points mm. of views. It depends if you if you are 
you know, uh, mentally repressive coping. So if you have like a pain and then mentally you want to repress it, then there are studies that say, look, it's going to affect your uh, cardiovascular system, your, your, your uh, hypertension and cancer as well. But on the other hand, for, you know, high thresholds of pain, if you start visualizing, you know, the, the better times, let's say, uh, so basically with visualization, basically with the, uh, this, these meditation techniques, now you are, you know, coping, repressing the pain that you're feeling at the moment. Okay. So you are in pain in the race Okay, how mm. you are getting along, how you get over it, because, you know, it's painful and, and people is like, you know, if you would have stopped, halas done, you don't have any pain, but now you continue and you're going beyond the threshold of the pain and you're just finishing the race and you know, smile at the, at the finish line. Yeah, so my run at the run section of my Oman 70.3 is a, is a probably a good example of this is that the pain doesn't always last in the same way you know for for probably 70 minutes my hamstring was extremely painful the extent where running wasn't you know was was hard and then I, I and I I then hooked up with another run, Abdullah Ali Reza, who was running around, came and, and ran, and he was running a little bit faster than I was. And I kind of just hooked into him and just thought, you know, maybe, maybe this can work. And I tried, you know, running on my skeleton. I tried running with bent legs. I tried, you know, every, anything to try and get rid of the pain of the physical act of running. And it just so happened that, you know, I kind of started running a little bit faster and did, was I suppressing the pain? Mm, possibly, but the pain was not as great. And then, you know, with a little bit more, actually the pain sort of went away and actually, you know, I ran a, a weirdly quite good last 5K better than I was imagining. Um, so I think, it, uh, I think that sort of stuff, I think there is, I think if you, if, you, if you listen to like Tim Noakes or some of the guys who, who write about, you know, like endurance running, you'll you'll have you know they've got this theory of the central governor who you know your central governor will enable you to overcome or get you know just disassociate your mind with your body and those kind of pain receptors that you get and 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 I, I want to differentiate you know like proper like you know we're only running a half marathon here so we're not like sprinting for our lives but you know obviously sometimes things are a little bit painful uh but you can very you know you can very stoic yeah very <laughs> yeah very stoic. yeah very stoic well i do i do think that i do think that philosophy is quite helpful when you're when you're running when you're running long distance race five hours of effort it's quite a long time yeah yeah tools of the humans is your podcast Connect with us if you have a story to tell. Good, good. So what's, uh, what's next on the horizon? So we're going to do, uh, I think we're going to do some short Olympic races. I've got, I've got, I'm having some needles in my hamstring tomorrow to help me, to help me uh, get over this stuff. I'm getting back on my strength training to make sure that my uh, hamstrings and my whole posterior chain are strong. I need to get back to running. Um, we're going to do some WTU races in Abu Dhabi in three weeks time. March. Um, yep. uh, March. And then um, 
Hamburg, Ironman, 4th of June. Yeah. Full Ironman, yeah. not Frankfurt. Hamburg, it's better timing for me. Don't have to train through UAE summer. Uh, it's still flat, yeah, not, which is great. Not true. Like not riding true. around our you country. Have to train. You have to train during UAE summer for a 70.3 well, in August. May. May's, yeah. May's, uh, May is no, May is hot. <laughs> May's okay. And then... And then, and then we'll, and then we'll see in the summer that obviously I've got, I've got world, world championships of 70.3 in, um, in Finland in August and, uh, who knows what else, you know, I mean, maybe if it all comes together, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm quite strong now. So, uh, so maybe we, we, you know, there's maybe Nice, maybe Nice Ironman full distance. That's in, uh, September, isn't it? Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Know. who knows who knows who knows we are but the, go, the good but the rate the race the race goals are not important but i do like the getting fitter and getting faster yeah. and getting and getting to be a better version of yourself every time that's important because i've got i'm only i'm 51 i want to be doing this at 71 so uh at 71 as last weekend proved you can still do a five hour of 70.3 which is yeah. not bad not bad at all I mean, it's uh, it's it's a legacy uh, sport, triathlon, and being fitness, being fit, is to create a legacy for the people that are waiting home, right? Any any challenges during this period with your family? I mean, Nell has been uh, supportive, and you don't have your kids with you, so in the end, it was uh, it was uh, okay from the point of view. You don't have to do school runs, but your wife was you know, affected by you on the crutches and training and physiotherapy mm. and stuff like this. Yeah, I don't, I, I think we were, because we were together for that whole period. So, uh, and my, my, my wife is a teacher. So she uh, was on, on kind of school summer holidays during that kind of slightly difficult period. It wasn't too bad. I mean, the rehab, I came back pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, we were like walking around the hills in the UK in the North of England uh, you know, five or six weeks after the operation. So it wasn't too bad. I think, uh, I think she probably didn't appreciate that her husband ate and drank for, for three months and put on 10 kilos, but, uh, but that, that, disapp that disappeared eventually. So, you know, that was, that was, yeah, that was, that was all okay, actually. Give her some credit. She's gonna to listen to this uh, to this podcast, so give her some credit. <laughs> no, she was. She's always always been very supportive. I'm very fortunate. I have a wife who's had like far worse injuries than I have. She's had some crazy, crazy, crazy uh, accidents. Yeah, you told me about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which which have, uh, don't 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 let a coke machine fall on you and crush your pelvis, anybody. Let me tell you that because that that's serious bad news. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, John T, thank you very much for your words. Uh, I'd like to definitely hear uh, from you soon. Okay, sharing his knowledge for the listeners, but also for for us that we are we are speaking about things, so we get a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more awareness of uh, tools that we can use. So, tools of the humans. Thank you, John T. Thanks, Tomaso.